Love Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. On Thanksgiving Day, families across the country will sit down at tables covered with turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, and gravy. They get tired and fall asleep as the Seattle Seahawks and Dallas Cowboys toss the pigskin on the boob tube. But for the days and weeks leading up to that day, children in classrooms around the United States will learn about the history of this tradition from their teachers. They'll learn about the pilgrims and Indians, about starvation and generosity, about a moment in time when two societies as foreign to each other as birds to fish embraced one another and shared a feast. For many children, this lesson will culminate with a mock feast in which half the children will wear black and white pilgrim clothes and hats, while the other half wear a full buckskin vest and headdresses. They'll eat turkey and perpetuate stereotypes as old as America itself, all in the spirit of celebration. What I've just done, I've read to you an excerpt from an article titled Finding New Ways to Celebrate Thanksgiving. It's written by Kevin, and uh, forgive me for mispronouncing his last name, it's Kevin Aborizek, best I can do. Kevin happens to be a Native American, and uh, he wrote an article here um, that uh, started off talking about how Thanksgiving is celebrated, and then went on to cite a situation about his wife, who's a teacher, had kind of um, <clears throat> given some advice to another teacher as to how she could go ahead and talk to her children and explain to them about Thanksgiving and suggested that she invite a Native American to the classroom to talk to her children about Thanksgiving. And uh, the teacher never talked to her again after that. <clears throat> well, want to, uh, first of all, uh, say good afternoon to everyone. Say the Most High in the name of Christ bless you all. And also want to introduce the brothers that are with me here today. Uh, good afternoon, Brother Kabar. How are you today? Doing well, and I hope uh, all our listeners are doing well also. Shalom to everybody. Glad to be back. And Brother Kazaki, how are you doing, Brother? I'm fine, brother, and yourself. Most high name of Christ bless all, and uh, thank you all once again for having me back on the show. And your water fine. How are you? I heard you were under the weather. Yeah, little under the weather, but all praises to the Heavenly Father in Christ who gave me strength and energy to profess his uh, uh, knowledge and doctrine of Christ. Okay. Right. Well, brothers, uh, just read you a little bit about, you know, the uh, celebration of Thanksgiving. And uh, in today's show... I kind of want to discuss uh, uh, three things here. First of all, discuss how Thanksgiving is celebrated. You know, most people, you know, they have some uh, routine thing they pretty much do every single year around this time. What the actual origins of Thanksgiving are. You know, how did it start in this country? 
and was was there some origin to it other than what we commonly know about the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock and all that? And we're also going to get into, you know, how should it actually be celebrated? You know, we, we know we have some idea of how people usually celebrate it, but is there something else that should be done in regard to celebrating Thanksgiving? All right. And um, I guess I'll kind of start off by, you know, just kind of talk about my experience and earliest memories of uh, Thanksgiving and um, and just then just kind of go around and talk with other brothers about what their notion is and information that they may have regarding um, how, how Thanksgiving is celebrated. So when I was a kid, um, we didn't have a lot of money. And um, I, I learned because this is the day when my mother's in the kitchen practically half the day at least preparing this huge meal that included probably a couple of different meats and a lot of vegetables and starches and all those things. And then we have some family would come by. And, and looking at television, you know, there always seemed to be a turkey involved in it, and we never had a turkey. We could only get the hen. That's, that's the best we could do because we just didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so I, I always wanted to get that turkey, and finally, I guess, when I may have been like in my early teens, I guess, we finally got the turkey. And to be honest with you, I was kind of disappointed because I thought it was this is going to be the best thing ever, <laughs> and it was just so-so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at this point, I guess I kind of like just to go around on the panel and um, just get an idea of some of the things that uh, you guys may have experienced when uh, growing up celebrating Thanksgiving. And I guess I'll start with Kazakia. Oh, yeah. Um, growing up, celebrating that particular holiday, uh, it was the it was yeah, the turkey, it was the dressing, the roast beef, it was the ham, the chillings, black eyed peas, the greens, all of that plus the different pies, cakes and and the and the and the annual heartfelt prayer. Um uh, asking the Lord to bless the food before we all got busy and stuffed ourselves silly and thanking the Heavenly Father for uh uh for uh you know for his bounty and his mercies, things of that nature. But mm-hmm. um, good gracious, uh, what we what we were doing, at least what I was involved in back then, versus what the heavenly Father has uh, revealed to me now. Ooh, good gracious! It's a stark Big contrast. Difference. <laughs> okay. Big difference. What about you? What about you? You want to Same kind of stuff. Yeah, pretty much the same stuff. All the the customs of of what people do, those things that took part in. Ignorantly and not understanding and knowing that that whole thing was contrary to what the Lord said. Okay, what about the football game? I heard anybody anybody mention anything about a football game yet? Well, that was annual. Yep, yeah, that's part of it. What about you, Kabar? Um, actually, I yeah, I never celebrated it growing up. You know, I you know, I grew up. Uh, I guess what would it be called today now? It's sort of um, in a circumcision type of manner. You know, I, I've always kept it, you know, things like the Passover and, you know, piece of dedication, atonement, things like that. So, um, okay. Yeah, we never we never celebrated that. Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, some other things that uh, go on, you know, uh, here in Atlanta, they have what's called Hosea's Feed the Children. And, you know, you have a, a lot of different uh, canned good drives and so forth, you know, because people are trying to express 
thanks and gratitude for, uh, I guess, the blessings that they received during the course of the year. And they sometimes, a lot of people, um, or some people, uh, express some generosity also, and they, they give to those who they perceive to be less fortunate. Um, but now, how did all this stuff start up? You know, uh, I think just as this article I read earlier alludes to, uh, you know, the whole thing with the pilgrims and the Indians. You know, that's where it started when uh, the Mayflower landed uh, on the east coast of the United States, and uh, the pilgrims, you know, in, in my mind from the time I was small, I was taught that the pilgrims were somewhat destitute of food. It was a hard winter. The Indians lent them a hand. The pilgrims decided to invite them to a Thanksgiving feast because they were very, very grateful, and they were also grateful to God for uh, bringing them through uh, such a hard ordeal. Now, um, do either one of you brothers have any other information other than what I've just shared or, or maybe some a few more details on exactly um, how Thanksgiving came about, what the origin is? Yeah, um, I have an article, and, uh, you know, it, it doesn't give you um, – when you actually go into the history behind, you know, the whole development of what – what ultimately culminated in what people call Thanksgiving today. Now, the history is quite different than, than I would have to say, the myth that's perpetrated nowadays. I have an article uh, uh, that I'm reading. this uh, online journal called Links, International Journal for Socialist Renewal. Um, and in an excerpt that they're bringing out, it's, it's titled Native Blood, the Truth Behind the Myth of Thanksgiving. Uh, one of the sub uh, the subs, uh, topics uh, synthesis in there is Thanksgiving in, in the Manhattan colony. Let me read this real quick. It says, in 1641, the Dutch governor, Keith of Manhattan, ordered the first scout bounty. His government, his government paid money for the scalp of each Indian brought to them. A couple of years later, Keith offered, excuse me, ordered the massacre of the Wappingers, a friendly tribe. Eighty were killed, and their sever, severed heads were kicked like soccer balls down the street of Manhattan. One captive was castrated, skinned alive, and forced to eat his own flesh while the Dutch governor watched and laughed. Then Keith hired the notorious Underhill, who had commanded the Picourt War, to carry out a similar massacre near Stamford, Connecticut. The village was set fire, and 500 Indian residents were put to the sword. A day of thanksgiving was proclaimed in the churches of Manhattan, as we, will soon, as we will see, the European colonists declared Thanksgiving days to celebrate mass murder more often than they did for harvest and friendship. So this is what I'm you sorry, say, say that last part again, please. It says, Thanksgiving, uh, the European colonists declared Thanksgiving days to celebrate mass murder more often than they did for harvest and friendship. So you've wow. got to understand this was declared in the churches. These are people who were calling themselves Christians. Uh, you had uh, in, intermixed in there various uh, English uh, groups, Puritans, things like that. And this is this is uh, justified in the churches. They would use scriptures like uh, the ones you would find in in Psalms. Um, uh, let me see if I can find one for you. But the, uh, you know, in the Psalms, and they talk about I will make your uh, your enemies 
you know, your footstools and things like that, they would, they would use these songs to justify the mass murder of the Native American peoples in this land and say that God and Christ was with them doing these things. Wow, that's 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 really deep there. But because would would you agree that uh, you know things have certainly changed in, the, in regard to the way people uh, celebrate Thanksgiving now? Because you know obviously they're not giving thanks for any massacres or anything like that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. There, and the reason why uh, they're not giving thanks for any massacres or things of that nature is because uh, they really don't know the history of the chain of events that happened in the past. Uh, concerning this day of giving thanks that's now commonly celebrated today. I would like to read this particular excerpt. Uh, this is, this uh, uh, piece is entitled, The Real Story of Thanksgiving by Susan Bates. And uh, she states, In 1637, near present-day Groton, Connecticut, over 700 men, women, and children of the Pequot tribe had gathered for their annual Green Corn Festival, which is our Thanksgiving celebration. In the pre-dawn hours, the sleeping Indians were surrounded by English and Dutch mercenaries who ordered them to come outside. Those who came out were shot or clubbed to death while the terrified women and children who huddled inside the longhouses were burned alive. The next day, the governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony declared a day of Thanksgiving because 700 unarmed men, women, and children had been murdered. Cheered by their victory, the brave colonists and their Indian allies attacked village after village. Women and children over 14 were sold into slavery, while the rest were murdered. Boats loaded with as many as 500 slaves slaves, regularly left the ports of New England. Bounties were paid for Indian scouts to encourage as many deaths as possible. Following an especially successful raid against the Pequot, what is now known, what is now Stamford, Connecticut, the churches announced a second day of Thanksgiving to celebrate victories over the heathen savages. During the feasting, they hacked off heads of natives. Excuse me. During the feasting, the hacked off heads of natives were kicked through the streets like soccer balls. Even the friendly Wampanoag did not escape the madness. Their chief was beheaded and his head impaled on a pole in Plymouth, Massachusetts, where it remained on display for 24 years. So now this is just a brief history of this day that a lot of a lot of people in general, our people included, are about to celebrate, giving thanks. But when we look at the history of uh, of this particular quote unquote holiday, it is not anything to give thanks for. Okay, but now in, in most people's minds, even even if people people that were not aware of that before. They 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 never been aware of any of these uh, massacres and a Thanksgiving Day being proclaimed for the massacre. They're not aware of those things. But when they become aware of it, they may they may be inclined to embrace the more traditional accounts of Thanksgiving in regard to uh, the pilgrims inviting Indians into a feast and actually having a a friendly festive, good time, and from what I understand, from what I've read, the, the, the account in uh, Plymouth, I think it was 1621, uh, with the pilgrims and Indians, that uh, it, it actually lasted for three days, or several days, anyhow. So, although this thing did happen uh, w- with the uh, the Dutch and English, where they surrounded uh, this tribe of Indians, 
Um, wouldn't you think that the people today, when they're celebrating Thanksgiving, they're not celebrating the massacre, but they're actually celebrating uh, the, the 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 better, more polite, more genteel occurrence that occurred in Plymouth on uh, 1621? Well, even at that, um, we're looking. Let's look at it from two different two two uh, perspectives. You look at it from a <clears throat> excuse me. If you look at it from the point focal perspective, you're looking at these uh, these holidays and the history behind the holidays that, uh, that are celebrated, specifically this one here in the United States, and if you do the research, if you read the history, you can't help but think about, wait a minute, I'm sitting here about to eat this food, about to give thanks, quote-unquote, give thanks to the Lord for this bounty, but in the back of your mind, it has to play out the death, the mayhem, the massacre that happened to people uh, that, that was more or less a catalyst for the celebration of this day. Now, if you look at that, think about that from a historical perspective. Now, look at it from a scriptural perspective. You have to go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And it says, <clears throat> starting at verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, excuse me, even these are my feasts. And when you read on in this chapter in Leviticus, the 23, uh, Leviticus 23rd chapter, excuse me, you're going to read about the Passover. You're going to read about uh, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles, the New Moon Sabbaths, the regular Sabbaths. You're going to read about these high holy days in which the Lord commands that we all come together and that's giving of thanks. We give thanks to the Heavenly Father for his mercy, his blessings, uh, the fact that he blessed us with all the fact that he blessed us with in times past, and still what he's currently blessing us with now, our life, health, and strength, things of that nature. When you look at the history of these holidays that, we, that are supposed to be celebrated in the Bible, a massacre of a people has nothing to do with it. Okay. Okay. All right, Kabar, you know, suppose someone has not only have they uh, understood the, the two different accounts, the 1621 account with the uh, pilgrims and Indians, but also have uh, have some understanding about the account of the Dutch and English surrounding this tribe of Indians and massacring them, uh, but also have read uh, the, the holy days that are in Leviticus 23. Okay, and after reading that, they still decide, to observe Thanksgiving, um, would, would, would that be, would that pose a problem? Is there a problem with that in, on, on any level? There's an there's an awesome problem with that. It goes back to that root of a, a pride and arrogancy, uh, hatred for the Most High and His commandments, and rebelliousness. Um, after a person learns that what they're doing is wrong. Uh, these holidays and seasons that we celebrate are, are not of the Lord. The Lord did not sanction it, nor does the Lord condone it, and actually the Lord is against it. And then the Lord tells you where his high holidays are written in the scriptures and that we, what we're supposed to observe and follow through Christ. If a person then eat at that point chooses to go with the ways of this world and do the, do the things of this world, disobey the Lord's commandments, um, and reject his commandments in order to, to keep these uh, uh, false holidays in this world, then that person is setting himself against the Lord. 
when you go to Mark, uh, the book of Mark, chapter 7 and verse 9, this is what Christ is bringing out about our people and the things that was happening and what they do. And we see it uh, time and time again in this day and age. Mark chapter 7 and 9 says, and Christ told the people, uh, the wicked of our people, he said, and he said unto them, full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. So here it is. They know what the commandment of the Lord is. They know the high holy days of the Lord. But still in all, they decide to reject the Lord's commandments, reject the Lord's uh, uh, hollow days and holy days that we're supposed to keep to keep the traditions of men, the things that men set up and sent down through the ages and that men agreed on um, in, in opposition and in rebellion to God. They'd rather keep those traditions rather than keep the commandments of God. And that's where the sin uh, comes comes in, into play at. And that's why the Lord is against our people when they do these things and then they suffer the consequences like we have today. So it it is something wrong with it. We're not supposed to do it. We are not supposed to reject the commandments of the Lord to keep the traditions of men. And that's, what, that's all Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween, and all of these other things are about. The origins are wicked. And the day itself is not supposed to be observed. We're supposed to observe and keep the commandments of the Lord. Okay, there's two things that you brought out there that, that I, I want to uh, gain some clarification on. Uh, one thing that you said, you said the oranges are wicked. I want to find out more about that. And um, the other thing I want to gain some clarification on is when, when, when you say that um, they uh, rejected uh, I can't remember. I'm paraphrasing badly, probably, but they rejected the Lord's days and His laws, and they are accepting the, the traditions of men. Okay, we know that Thanksgiving by reading the history on Thanksgiving and all that; those are definitely traditions of men. But suppose that you have someone who has accepted the laws of of God. They are observing, you know, Passover, the Atonement, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every single holy day that you can find in the scripture, they are observing those days. In that situation, would there be anything wrong with them also observing Thanksgiving, keeping in mind they are not observing the origin of the massacre, but what they are trying to observe is the Thanksgiving that the, the, the pilgrims established. I would well, think it's right quick, brothers, if I could. Because that, that's this right in line with what you just uh, what you just uh, asked, brother. This is James four and seventeen, and it says, "Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin." Now, the reason why this comes to mind in particular is because of the fact that what if you know you know that the high holy days of the Lord Passover, feast of unleavened bread, feast of weeks, uh, the day of atonement, more blood trumpet. Uh, those those high holidays that you read in Leviticus 23, you know you're supposed to keep those because those are sanctioned by the Lord, but yet and still you want to celebrate Thanksgiving or whatever holiday that this particular society promotes. To do good in this context, in this aspect, would be to keep the high holidays sanctioned by the Lord. So you know to do good, which is to celebrate the, Lord, the Lord's high holidays, but you don't do that, you reject that to celebrate uh, the high, ho- uh, excuse me, they ain't even high holy days, but uh, the days that this world, this society promotes, instead of ce- celebrating what the Lord said that we ought to celebrate, that is sin. So for our people that are doing that, they got, they have now to, to make a choice. Am I going to 
follow what the Lord says, or am I going to follow what man's doctrine is? You have to make the choice. You, 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 can't, you can't walk the line. You're either going to celebrate and do the things that the Lord said that we ought to do, or you're not. And if you know to do good and keep the commandments, but you're not doing it, then it is sin. Okay. Now, keep in mind, what I'm asking is that person that is actually celebrating the, the holy days, the Passover, the Pentecost, the Atonement, the Tabernacles, the, the Trumpets, the Purim, the Feast of Dedication, you know, Simon, and so on and so forth. They are observing those. They are, they are observing those days. But in addition, they are also observing Thanksgiving because they don't see where Thanksgiving is, you know, it's a day, it's almost like a, a celebrating somebody's birthday. You know, it's not anything religious. There's no paganism attached to it or anything like that. It's, it's the way they look at it. What, what would be wrong with someone celebrating Thanksgiving under those circumstances? You know, they're doing, they're doing all the other stuff that you mentioned. Well, the problem is, is that because with the, the Lord want us wholeheartedly dedicated to, to them, the Lord's position on the uh, um, what's with the Lord's position first of all on the Thanksgiving holidays or uh, traditions of this world. Let's just get the Lord's position before we get go any further. Uh, Jeremiah chapter ten and verse two will tell us how how the Lord feels about things like Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, things of uh, things outside of His commandments and laws. Uh, Jeremiah ten and verse two says, "Thus saith the Lord." Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. It says, for the heathen are dismayed at them, for the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, uh, the works of the hands of the workmen with an axe. So the Lord in that verse 3 tells you that the custom of the people are vain. And he told you, learn not the way of the heathen. So the ways and the customs, whether those are going into the traditions, the ideologies, the uh, philosophies that people have, the Lord is saying stay away from it. So now we see the Lord's position is against those things, is against the traditions of man. So now you understand that you can't say you love God and, and, and try to hold on to those things that are outside of his commandments that he says he's against. That's number one. Number two, Christ lays it down in Matthew uh, chapter 6 and verse 24 says, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. That mammon is just representing the things of this world, all right? We're supposed to be serving God wholeheartedly and not having our minds divided into two things, things in the world and also things concerning God. Now, Christ also, just to, just to put the nail in the coffin, says this, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, meaning I would prefer, I would like, I want you to, that I would, thou were cold or hot, meaning one or the other. 16, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So God, the, the most high position is against the tradition of man. Christ's position is against the tradition of man. Christ tells you, listen, you will serve God and God only, or you will do the things of this world and forsake God. But Christ is telling you definitely you cannot do both. Okay. All right, so now 
one, one thing, the scripture that you read in Jeremiah 10, that seems to me that that's speaking in terms of Christmas. Okay. Uh, yeah. How how is that how is that scripture applied to Thanksgiving? It it applies to Thanksgiving in the way that it says, "Learn not the ways of the heathen," because the one characteristics that Thanksgiving and Christmas share is they're both traditions of men. They're both uh, uh, values and ideologies set up by men. They're both traditions. They're both ways established by men. And the Lord tells you, whatever those ways are, one man may have this celebration, another man may have that celebration. He's telling mm-hmm. you to stay away from it, regardless of what the name is. But, you know, it, it, it seems to me that, you know, when you, when you look at your, your approach to life and in your walk in life, uh, you, you want to abide by the scriptures, first of all. And the scriptures uh, tell you there are certain things that you don't do and there are other things that you must do. Okay, and it seems to me, as long as you are doing those things and not doing those things, as the scriptures instruct you, then everything else you allow to participate in, not participate in, based on your own choosing. Okay, so why wouldn't this fall? Am I am I pretty much on point there when I say that? Yeah, I, I, I know you. Go ahead, go ahead, brother. If I, if I can add this from this. Um, from that standpoint, Colossians <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 8. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, Beware lest any man spoil through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So to answer the question on if, the, if this person wants to do the things of, of, of Christ, and then sees no no um, no um, ill in doing the practices or customs of of um, Thanksgiving. Okay, there's there's a problem here because here in Colossians, this disciple of Christ, this follower of Christ, apostle of Christ, is warning those who love want to follow and love the heavenly Father and Son Christ not to get into that philosophy, not to get into the traditions of what this world is set up. Okay. It said those those things he, he says rudiments meaning those fabrics those things that the world bring up and and um, not after Christ he's warning those people not to get involved in those things. I'm gonna read on. It says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the brother here is telling us that in Christ dwelleth all the righteousness of the heavenly Father. Okay, the Godhead bodily that's the heavenly Father. And all his righteousness and everything else, it, it dwells in him and in him and only. And then it says here in this one last verse, it says, "And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power." So if you complete in Christ, there's no need for you to go into those rudiments of the world, those traditions of the world, those things that are no value because you complete in Christ. Why would you even want to go that route? Because there's no value in it. It's vain. All the all the, the Godhead, all you complete in Christ, like the scripture says here. So if you want to go into that, it is no value. And you gotta watch what Christ said. Christ said, make the tree good or make it evil. Make your choice. Like the brother said in the scripture, Matthew six twenty four, you can't serve um two masters. Because Christ is you complete in Christ, you don't need no more. So I'm finished there, brother. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, bringing that out. We do have uh, uh, some visitors here. Um, hold on just a moment while I bring them in. Uh, visitor from area code 580. Please go, uh, give us your name and go ahead with your comment or question, please. Yes, sir. How are you? My name is Keith. I'm calling from Oklahoma. Um, oh, Keith. How are you? Uh, the reason I called in is because uh, you were the one asking the questions. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Um, I I tend to kind of agree with you on that. First, let me say that I keep the festivals of the Torah. And let me say also, I do not keep Christmas or Easter or Valentine's Day or any of that, but I have been keeping um, or celebrating Thanksgiving. I have really not been able to find a vast amount of information on Thanksgiving, but from what I understand, it was originally celebrated as a seven-day festival. And it was earlier in the year and then later moved to a one-day festival late in the year. It is quite possible that this originally was the Feast of Tabernacles that later was uh, evolved into a one-day festival. And I, I agree with you. Um, I haven't been able to find anything pagan in the origin, and it's quite possible that these Puritans were trying to get back to a pure belief system. And maybe what it later became was just a uh, sort of a holiday. Also, uh, I have no pro problem celebrating the 4th of July. I, I don't see that as being uh, pagan or evil. And in terms of the uh, traditions, Yeshua's problem was with the traditions of men that were in conflict with the commandments of Yahweh. He, he participated in a lot of traditions that were not spelled out in the scriptures, but they did not con they were not in conflict with the commandments of God. Just like uh, the Passover Seder, uh, I imagine probably most of you guys and me follow some degree of tradition associated with that that's not spelled out specifically in the scripture. Um, the traditions associated with the Feast of Tabernacles written in John chapter 7 when it refers to the last great day of the feast when the water pouring ceremony was going on. Um, apparently Yeshua was there a part of that celebration even though that was not, uh, that tradition was not commanded. Okay, Keith, you, you've uh, made uh, two or three different points there. Uh, let's go ahead and give the panel an opportunity to respond to you. Sure. First of all, if I could, if I could, brothers, Isaiah 8 and verse 20, it says, uh, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, and it's not, it is because there is no light in them. So everything that we speak and everything that a, a man must follow is to what? The law and the testament of the Heavenly Father. So the things that, the reason why these, you can't find a lot of these things, uh, that are in the world, in the scriptures, excuse me, the reason why you can't find a lot of things that man set up that are uh, not in the scriptures because it's not in the scriptures. It is not set up by the Heavenly Father. So those things have no value. We shouldn't follow those. Okay, well, okay. sir, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, how do you celebrate the Passover service? You celebrate the Passover as it is according to what Christ commanded us to do. Brothers, what's that scripture? 
of uh, Christ is our Passover. Yes, First uh, Corinthians five, I think seven, I believe, or Second Corinthians five seven. Right. So that's okay. that's how you are to celebrate the Passover, because I mean, if you read if you read in the uh, in the Hebrews how Christ is our last sacrifice. Yes. Okay. But, when you me, when you go, excuse me. Excuse me just one moment. I, I, I hate to uh, uh, interrupt here, but uh, what I want to do, though, I want to make sure that we are sticking with um, uh, Thanksgiving. That's that's what we're here to discuss. Okay. And, uh, Keith, I really appreciate your question about Passover and under other circumstances where we didn't have a time limit or anything like that. That would be uh, be a perfectly good question, but hopefully, uh, you know, you can understand the situation we have here. And I do have one other visitor that I want to bring on. And uh visitor from Erico 404, if you would go ahead and give us your name and your comment or question, please. Hey, how you doing? Um, this is Dwight calling in from Atlanta. And Hello, Dwight. One point, hey, how you doing? One point that wasn't brought out and that we really need to deal with because the last caller said that there wasn't anything pagan with the um, Thanksgiving celebration, they were celebrating Thanksgiving before they came over as pilgrims. In England, and it goes way back to the Greeks. Thanksgiving wasn't called Thanksgiving then. They followed a festival called Themisphoria or Thesmophoria, in which they it was they worshipped the Greek god of agriculture like Demeter and Ceres and so forth. When they came over as pilgrims, they bought that same festival that they were doing in England and doing prior to that, along with the, the Greeks to America. So when people are celebrating Thanksgiving. They're not just celebrating what they think, where they're thanking God. They're thanking an idolatrous God. They're thanking an idol for blessing their harvest and their crops, and that's what they did way back. So now the Lord tells you in Exodus chapter 20, and we can go to verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So any time you're celebrating Thanksgiving, Christmas, you are still committing idolatry, and that's something that we're not to do with followers of Christ. Now, many people do it in ignorance, but once you find out about that, and you ask the question, well, and the brothers brought out the good points about how we're supposed to keep the holy days of the Lord, we're supposed to keep the holy days. But we can't keep the holy days of the Lord and turn around and say that we're going to keep things like Thanksgiving, because then what is that doing? And I want to read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. But I say the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So anytime you're participating in Thanksgiving, what were they doing? They were murdering people, killing people, and then turning around and saying they thank God for it. And they were thanking their God. They were thanking the devil, which was their idolatrous God, for the murders and the hatred and the crimes that they were committing against people. It goes on to say, ye cannot, it's not a choice, it says, ye cannot 
drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. So you can't sit down at a feast and say, hey, I'm participating in the feast of the Lord by having this Passover and having the feast days of the Lord, but then turn around and say, well, I'm also going to participate in Christmas and Thanksgiving and so forth, because then you're partaking of the Lord's table and then turning around and participating of the devil's table, which were those idols. And the Most High said through Christ that you cannot do those things. So, no, it is wrong for you to participate in both. You're either going to serve the Lord and keep his commandments, or you're going to commit idolatry and worship the gods of this land and their customs and their traditions. That was all I had. Dwight, before you go, before you go, you, uh-huh. you brought some uh, really, really good responses to questions that I had and also to Keith's question. Okay, uh, there, there's some information that you brought out concerning the origin of Thanksgiving and how that these uh, practices have been taking place in Europe prior to coming to the United States. The pilgrims were actually carrying on the same practices. Can you give us some source of information so we can go back and actually do some independent research on this ourselves? Well, all you would have to do is Google the word Thesmophoria, which is T-H-E, S-M-O-P-H-O-R-I-A. Google Thesmophoria, and you'll find out information about their gods, Demeter, which is an agricultural god that they serve, and Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, which the word cereal comes from, because that's who they were worshiping, those gods through um, that were over their harvest and things of that nature. This is a very old custom of theirs, and it's nothing knew when they came up with this Thanksgiving thing, and many of our people are ignorantly following that when they should be following Christ. You know what, I I pulled the page up. You can go to about.com, type in Thesmophoria, and it'll bring up the whole history behind it and how it was going into ritualistic practices and and Greek idolatry and other things of that matter. So it also goes into fertility and certain facets. So you had a lot of different of pagan practices that went into this, uh, what we call now this Thanksgiving festival. So those are your those are your pagan origins of what you call Thanksgiving today. And it just when it was brought over to America, you had other aspects added on to it um, with the murders and the killings, which is right in line with that evil, wicked spirit that it began in. So let me, like let me ask you a question. Was that Keith? Did you have a question? Uh, well. Not really. I haven't, uh, like I said, I haven't done an exhaustive study into Thanksgiving, but uh, I had read things in the past that indicated it could have been actually a Sukkot celebration that was actually uh, then later moved later in the year to one day. Uh, Of course, we can't associate it just because it was a harvest festival, festival with being pagan because all of the festivals in Leviticus 23 are basically associated with harvest, and obviously they are not to pagan deities. But I would be interested in checking out the information the gentleman just gave. I would like to learn more about that. But like I said before, I don't celebrate Christmas, and I don't celebrate Easter or any of that. And I do celebrate the festivals of Leviticus 23. And the point that I was trying to make with the questions about Passover is that likely uh, most on the panel there observe some degree of tradition that is not mentioned in the scripture yet does not conflict with the commandments and that was the point that I was trying to make with that Yeshua okay. kept uh, different 
uh, traditions that were not in conflict with the commandments. Of let, me, let me let me let me just say I, this. I, I let, me, let me make a point. Let me make a point. Um, number one, uh, these uh, the statements that the gentleman is making, uh, although I don't feel like they you know particularly trying to be. Uh, malicious with it. It is conjecture. There is no uh, con uh, proof as far as the connection between Thanksgiving being uh, you know, a tabernacle feast day festival. That's all conjecture. There's no proof behind that. So that doesn't establish it as a possibility that it has some good origins behind it. Um, just wanted to say that. Um, so there's a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, theory and conjecture about that day. Okay. So as it stands right now, the proof says uh, um, pagan origins, and, and all these atrocities committed behind it. That's what the proof says as far as up until this point. Second, uh, brothers on this pan panel, I don't, uh, and I know the other members of this, this uh, panel, don't uh, uh, celebrate any of the traditions as far as the, the Seder and any of those other things. So, no, we don't participate in things like that. Um, it's just what's written in the scriptures, understanding that these days are high holy days set aside of the Lord. Uh, and considered to be Sabbath days unto him, that we uh, come together and give thanks to the Lord and celebrate and worship him and his name. Um, so just to clear those aspects up. Okay, like that's, be, that's great. Uh, I appreciate that. Let me let me ask one question of Dwight while we still have him on on uh, the uh, in the virtual living room. Uh, Dwight, you, you talked about uh, Thesmophoria. And, uh, you know, for for those of us who have not done any research into it, and, you know, prior to getting there, just for the sake of covering that on this program, uh, when we do that research, are we going to find explicit or implicit descriptions of the pilgrims observing Thesmophoria? You know, in other words, is it, are they going to, we're going to find some instances where they're going to actually call it Thesmophoria, or are we just going to see that the pilgrims are carrying out the practices of Thesmophoria? How are we going to see that? You're going to see basically an idolatrous festival, which is exactly what it was tied to. They, they, I, I ask a question, and the question that I would ask is, when has any feast day of the Lord, commandment of the Lord, ever had us going about killing anyone? Because that's the thing that we have to look at. This whole festival is tied directly to that idolatrous celebration, and you're going to find out all kinds of things about um, the other thing you can type in, rather, is type in just pagan and thanksgiving, and you'll find out that that's exactly where Thesmophoria comes from. As far as in, in reference to it being related to um, the feast, feast of Tabernacles or any other feast that the Most High gave, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And the reason why I bring that scripture out is because the Lord told us how to keep his Feast of Tabernacles. He told us how to keep the different festivals in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. When Christ came, he showed us a better way to keep those days. But never did he change any of his days from a week to a day or from a day to a week or change the way that we did them. Even when you look at the sacrifices that we offered on the feast days, for example, we could take Passover. We don't. We no longer offer a physical sacrifice of a lamb or a sheep because now Christ is the sacrifice. So we still keep those days, but they've been what? Reformed in Christ now, and that's what we have to follow. There's not going to be a change to where now 
we used to keep it one way, but we're going to keep it for a shorter time and length because that's not the commandments. And those people weren't keeping the commandments. They were wicked, evil men, and that's how they could go about slaying people. That's how they could go about with the idolatrous celebrations, and that is not something that we're supposed to do as followers of Christ. So if we have been doing it, the answer is simple. It tells you in Acts, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. So if that's something we did in the past, we're not damned to hell because at the beginning I heard all the brothers saying that they did it, as well as myself, or most of the brothers did it, as well as myself. I kept those days. But when I learned better and learned better through Christ, I repented of those things and stopped keeping them to show that true repentance unto the Heavenly Father in Christ. Well, thank you very much for that because uh, that's exactly what this is about. It's about learning better, and we want to explore all the angles on this so that, uh, you know, if there's any doubt in anybody's mind as to what direction you can take on this, you know, that doubt will be eliminated. So you you can, you can feel very, very secure about what it is that you're doing, okay? And to be honest with you, you know, the, the things that you mentioned, especially phasmophoria, you know, that, I think, should plant a lot of doubt in anyone's mind who has a question about whether there are any uh, pagan origins, and I, I really appreciate you uh, bringing a point out about is, is those practices, and they were actually involved in pagan practices. And I'm, I'm sure that um, when people get an opportunity to go back and research this, they'll be able to uh, look for those points in uh, the, the, the history and origin of Thanksgiving. And I, I believe uh, Kabar, you, you were about to make a comment. Is that right? Um, well, I was just wanted to uh, just make the clarifications. You know, the cola you know, was stating some things about uh, what he believed the origins may have been and what he, uh, the traditions that he believed that, uh, you know, members of the panel may be engaged in. And I just wanted to clarify that, you know, uh, the origins, as, as far as with, the, with uh, the information that we have so far, lead in the direction of sh it, it's showing you that the origins were pagan, idolatrous, and wicked as far as Thanksgiving is concerned. And, and the brothers on this panel don't, you know, celebrate any of these uh the traditions that he was talking about, like the, the Seder and things like that. So, you know, just to make okay. those clarifications. I got a scripture okay. that that, I, that, I, that I'd like to read, if possible, because... If you could just hold on one moment with that scripture, because I'd definitely sure, give no, you yeah. a chance to read it. We have a visitor. Let me go ahead and bring this visitor in. A visitor from area code 716. If you would, give us your name and go ahead with your comment or question, please. Yeah, this is Jim calling from Western New York. Hello, Jim. How are you? Hey, good. How are you brothers doing? Most high five special you off. Hello, Jim. Hey, I was listening to uh, you guys go over the conversation, and it was something that kept um, coming out as far as um, uh, the gentleman that called in, I believe he's from Oklahoma, and then a uh, brother called in with the uh, root of where Thanksgiving comes from. And mm -hmm. I happen to know that that was also a, uh, a start of where Thanksgiving came from. But what we have to understand is that it's one thing that we have to take a clear look at. I'm just going to read the scripture, and uh, you brothers can comment on it. I'll read the scripture, and then I'll just make a commentary, and then I'll hang up and listen. It says here in Ecclesiastes, the 33rd chapter, uh, verse 7, it says, Why does one day excel another when all the light of every day in the year is of the sun? Verse 8. By the knowledge of the Lord, they were distinguished, and he altered seasons and feasts. Nine, some of them he hath he made high days and hallowed them, 
and some of them hath he made ordinary days. Let me read that again. Some of them, meaning the days, hath he made high days and hallowed them, and some of them hath he made ordinary days. Now, it's a period after that last statement because when the Most High makes his day, he hallows it, he knows what he, what he meant when he set the day up. There is no way that anyone can come behind the Most High and set up another day and have honor in that day with him. Because it didn't say that the Most High chose the days based on his discretion and deliberation with us as his servants. It said that he set the days up. He determined which days are holy, which days are ordinary. And this is what we have to understand. He gave us the days that we're supposed to deal with concerning harvest. That's it. Period. You can't okay. add to that. You can't subtract from it. And that's what the problem is with the world because we have a, uh, a, a disconnect from the Most High understanding. He says what he means, and we're supposed to follow that. That's all I had, and I'll just hang up okay. a little. Jim, don't hang up, Jim. Yeah. You yeah, still, yeah. Are you still with us? I'm still, I'm okay. still with you. Okay, i got a question for you. got a question for you. You seem to be very knowledgeable about, uh, you know, with research similar to what uh, Dwight had earlier. And the question I, that comes to mind at this point, uh, you, you're bringing out some very, very good points. But right. does, does the points you're bringing out, do they apply to uh, observances like birthdays? You know, because many people observe Thanksgiving, they observe birthdays, and some other things. I mean, birthdays, you know, the, the, the common guy, his birthday is not going to make it to the calendar except on, you know, your friends and relatives. <laughs> That's about it. So how, how does that fit into the whole picture? What you mean is celebrating an anniversary or birthday? Yes. You know what? It really depends on, um, you know, I'm pretty sure. I have never done any research, but it depends on what kind of practices and and, uh, focuses that you have concerning the day. You know what I mean? If if it's some kind of witch coven that has some kind of significance to the seventh birthday of the uh, young firstborn young male, yeah, it would be something wicked to it. But okay. to that specific thing, but like I said, it's flat out, do I know if it would concern a birthday? But this is what we do know. See, we can, we can deal with what we don't know all day and debate about it. But what's undebatable is there's no confusion with the scriptures that say the Most High is the one that made the High Holy Day. And then when you deal with a birthday, that's not a High Holy Day. Right. My birthday is not observed and everybody stops and has a celebration and honor some deity, me. That doesn't happen. Okay. So the, Keith, the words like of the Lord had... are clear. Yeah, if I could interject something. <clears throat> what is, uh, I would like to know what you all think about Hanukkah and Purim because those were not given by the Most High. Okay, great question. Somebody want to respond to that? Before we go any further, yeah, we get a little off topic. Before we go any further, brothers, before we go any further, this is something that we all got to keep in mind. I'm going to read it, Romans three, starting at verse three. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? And the point is in verse four. God forbid. Let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Why the scripture comes to me in particular is because of the fact that we're talking about the holidays, the high holy days of the Lord versus 
the holidays that are promoted and practiced in this society. For us to have any degree of justification whatsoever, we got to do what the Lord says to do. And if someone says, asks, well, why do you celebrate the Passover? Why do you celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Why do you celebrate the New Moon Sabbath? Why do you celebrate uh, the, 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 the Feast of Booth? We can go into the scriptures and prove why. According to Leviticus 23rd chapter, this verse, this is the reason why I celebrate this. According to Leviticus 23rd chapter and this verse, this is the reason why I celebrate that. According to Exodus chapter 20 and verse 4 and so, this is the reason why we keep the Sabbath day holy. So that justifies What about Purim? What about the Feast of Dedication? Feast of Dedication. That's John chapter 2. Right. The key point was that uh, those holidays, holy days like those, were not given by the Most High. Okay. Yes, they were. You know, but yeah. this, this, let me just say that you know, as far as, as far you know, that may get a little bit off off topic, and we're we're going, you know, the topic wasn't to discuss um, all the high holy days of the Lord. Christ kept it is written in John, so on and so forth. That so it, you know, it, it was sanctioned. The Lord uh, brought this high holy day and gave it to us to keep. Christ kept it, and that's really the end okay. of that that particular aspect. But as far Very as good. The and, and Kabar, at this point, I got to cut in and uh, just thank everybody for participating in a fantastic show. I appreciate everyone that participated, the panel and those who came by to visit us in the virtual living room. That will conclude our show for this week. And until next time, most high in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at youreach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom.